Hey there, party people. Did you know that Encounter Party is now an official Dungeons & Dragons television show? You can find our second campaign on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel, available now on Plex and Freebie. We have new episodes every Tuesday night at 9pm, and the show is available on demand next day on Plex. For links and to learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, this episode features very strong language and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! With four tokens in tow, our players race to solve the puzzle of the party. With the fate of their friend Fakara on the line, our players must demonstrate knowledge of all guilds of Ravnica in order to collect the ten distinct medallions. However, other guests of the party are making progress of their own. Will our players be able to stealthily steal victory, or will they be forced into confrontation with the other power-hungry attendees at Vane Tower? Find out this week on Encounter Party! So you guys uh, make your way upstairs, and there is a large collection of rooms up there. There's another extensive hallway that kind of runs down the middle of the mansion that breaks off into several different rooms. Um, albeit, um, there's also there are also stairs that lead farther up into a third floor. Um, but there is a deciding amount of commotion and people mulling about here on the on the second floor. <gasps> the first available room uh, on this floor. Mm-hmm. Left side or right side, what is within it? So the first room to your right is a library, and there are a good 15 people in this room poring over books and being uh, rather disrespectful to the library on the whole, to be honest. I mean, short of lighting a book on fire, I'm not sure. Is there a fireplace in there? Uh, In the library, no. Okay. Can we roll perception to notice any unusual features of this library other than books and or shelves? Yep. Uh, 10. Nat 20. Also nat 20. So, (laughs) (laughs) so great. Um, So Lorzatch is like, books, I don't know. Like (laughs) it's not scrolls or leaves or whatever it's written on. But for the other two of you, you're kind of peeling in. Now this is a library with some furniture and some lamps that are meant purely for just hanging out and reading, maybe a small writing desk. But you do notice that there are, people are kind of poring over books, but with natural 20s, I think that's good enough to realize that people are seemingly, some people are just tearing through books because they think maybe something is like hidden inside them. Some people are kind of scouring book titles and stuff like that. But people are pouring through like stories and pictures and architectures and things like that. But there is a strange decidedly section of like, medical and mathematical text that nobody's touching. As a scientist, I would head straight there. Okay. Specifically the medical. What kind of lamp? A, a reading lamp? Oh, okay. <laughs> like an oil, an oil <laughs> lamp? <laughs> like, uh, I begin uh, perusing through it's the a titles. Mimic. Uh, perusing through the titles, and I'm looking for any, 
You said it was medical and like mathematical, mathematical? texts, like math theory and things like that. Well, we already have the Simic, so the medical is probably not needed. So I is that a first edition algebra for goblins by the fire mine? Can you read Draconic? Nope. Then you don't I'm know. I'm still gonna say it. <laughs> <But no. laughs> uh, and I will. I will take down the most sciency feeling book of the titles and begin perusing through. So um, you begin perusing this particular book, and it's a great deal of math theory that might be kind of towards you or kind of not towards you, but you notice that as you progress through this book, as you start flipping through, there are a great number of notes being written in it from a handwriting that you could probably only assume is Darius Veins, because there are probably some weird curvatures to the letters or flicks that only an asshole like him would possibly put into trying fucking eye roll flourish he's lettering hey hope you're having a great time you hear that you just kind of hear him like saunter through the halls hey everybody's doing a good job hope people are having some success as he just sort of saunters back through uh, um and as you begin cruising through you start notice that the notes become more and more in-depth and complex, and pages are taking up more and more and more and more and more notes until you kind of hit towards the middle of the book and you see this particular area where a formula is written and it's circled heavily and there are all sorts of notes all over the place trying to theorize what this formula is and you're able to piece out that this book was in fact written by the fire mind and you find this formula oh dude i, I can't i'm not doing math p.s 10 points for dizzy holla okay so <laughs> i'm so glad it's 1 30 in the morning that i threw this at you <laughs> so formulas aren't my thing however it involves temperatures specifically 90 degrees it could uh, be an angle. Are you sure that's a temperature? <laughs> or, is it a, or is it an angle, Ned? Could be any. <laughs> is it the Pythagorean theorem? It is not the Pythagorean theorem. Thank you for understanding what I was trying to say. <laughs> you just gave a math problem to a room full of theater majors. Yeah, I. it's very late when we're recording this episode, and I just handed you an incredibly complex math theorem written by the most intelligent being on Ravnica. I mean, luckily, science is my thing. Can I please make an it's, intelligence check? Your intelligence check can be solving it, and it's I'm like giggling because one of you has already hit it. <laughs> if those of you at home would like a chance to solve this equation on your own, pause the audio now and head over to EncounterParty.com. Click on the Campaign tab, and you'll get a chance to outsmart our players. When you're ready, come on back to the program. Did you get it? Well, let's see if our players have managed to figure it out. Now, for those of you who are experienced Magic the Gathering players all the way back to 2005-2006 with the original Guilds of Ravnica set, specifically the Guild Pact set, okay, I'm probably not. know this formula by heart. So going on 90 degrees as an angle. 90 degrees is tapping something. I just want to remind everybody that Sarah is always correct. <laughs> 
Yeah, because tapping is when you have a card that is in Magic oh. the Gathering. You tapping. turn the card tapping. sideways. Got yeah, it. got it. So you're got going. See. I can't believe you got this. <laughs> like you're always correct. <laughs> Your instincts are always insanely correct. What? Nivmizit equals one. Reach into your pocket. Yeah. Dizzy the goblin. What? You find a token inside your pocket. That was actually surprisingly fast. That was, that was quite fast. Wow. You pull out a token and you find the is it coin in your hand and surprisingly also discover the true name of the fire mind. I suddenly feel much smarter. You might want to uh, stealth that book away. Yep. Oh, yeah. Book you back guys on now the have shelf. five medallions. You're actually really cooking. This is great. Um, <laughs> you guys are doing really well. I'm, I'm actually really impressed. I'm we very have to get out of this library. <laughs> yes. I would like to make sure to take the book and me keeping the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You okay. just hang on to right, the book. Cool. Just make um, sure. I mean, everybody in the group has now received the explanation of the formula, so... Moving back out into this upper floor yes. area, uh, what other rooms are immediately available if we keep booking down this floor? If you keep booking down the floor, you can see that there are probably a collection of guest rooms and there is a conservatory down towards the end. Lord Zatch will check out the conservatory. So you head out to the conservatory, which is at the very end of the hallway. So you notice that the conservatory is, um, it's, a, it's a glass room, like a Four Seasons room. Um, filled with um, sort of some furniture, and then there is sort of an, an indoor garden sort of around the outside of the conservatory. And then that conservatory leads out into another smaller balcony that is decidedly a garden. And if you were to progress out there, you would see that that balcony overlooks the patio with the waterfall. You're just one story up and, and you know, as the tower, you know, consolidates itself up towards the top. Lord Zetch is going to check out the garden, mm -hmm. and uh, somewhere in this garden are there two plants that are conveniently located next to each other? Yeah, I mean, there are. Um, there's a lot of plants next to each other. It's a garden. He's going to put each hand on one plant and use druid craft on both. Okay. One blooms, and okay. the other withers and dies. Okay, so the one that withers and dies, nothing happens, but the one that blooms as you magically make this flower bloom you find in the middle of this flower is a Selesnian medallion uh Lorzach immediately pockets it and tries to figure out what the hell he has to do to get his own guilt medallion so at this point we're only down four uh Lorzach is going to roll perception to see if there's anything of interest in this garden area of the conservatory and rolls a 10. So you can't necessarily discern anything um, specifically, but as you kind of gaze around, you look back behind you to a place off to the corner from where you came in, and there is a body just lying there on the floor that you missed as you walked in with your sort of determinant focus. But there is somebody crumpled in the corner. Lorzach is going to examine the body. This is definitely a dead body. This is a dead person. Masked? Yes. Fresh? I don't know. What do the dice say? Oh. Oh, right. Right. Dice. We're do playing. you have any medical capabilities? Do you have proficiency in medicine? Lorzach does. As Lorzach does. does. Yes. That guy looks real dead. Uh, Lorzach rolls 
What is it? A 16 for medicine. Freshly dead. Freshly dead. Freshly dead. No discerning wounds upon them. Just conveniently expired. Anything nearby, like a cup or a bag of fertilizer that he was eating? I mean, there's there's plants all over the place. So does it look like he had been touching one of the plants or perhaps smelling one of the plants? Just crumpled in the garden, dead. Anything in his hand? Nothing in his hand. Okay. It's actually, sorry, it's actually a female, nothing in her hand. Hmm. I don't know that this is like a th- thing I can do. Can... I, I, um, you have a dead body with no wounds. I would like to cast the ritual of detect poison and disease. Please go ahead. It's going to take 10 minutes, y'all. Okay. I don't have to do anything. I okay. cast the ritual. So you sit there for some time. It takes, I would say it takes you maybe about seven. Um, this person was decidedly poisoned. And I get to know what kind of poison and where within the body it is. Oh, I have a question on that. What if you've never heard of it before? All it says is you can sense the presence and location of poisons, poisonous creatures, and diseases within 30 feet of you. You also identify the kind of poison, poisonous creature, or disease in each case. The spell can penetrate most barriers. So I'm going to make some choices on this particular thing because I, I, I don't know that like detect magic or detect poison would suddenly grant you with knowledge you don't know. Sure. Because like what if it's poison from a creature you don't even know exists? Like sure. it's kind of a weird thing. But I will say that this person clearly ingested poison. Ingested poison that I yes. cannot identify. Uh, I would say you cannot identify it, but it is not a liquid poison. So I would pass the group and say this person died by poison, ingested, doesn't seem to be a sign of a struggle. Do you recognize any of these plants or um, things around us, specifically ones that might be poisonous? Druidcraft, uh, nature. Yeah, nature Probably test. nature. Yeah. Uh, 22. Does one say eat me? No, they don't say eat there, but I, you notice that while the garden is full of lush and beautiful flowers and plants, as you now, with that 22, peer in a little bit closer, you notice that sort of hidden underneath these flowers are a multitude of mushrooms, ones that you immediately identify as poisonous. But there seems to be so many that they're planted in an awkward way, in that they don't seem to be grouped in the way that mushrooms would grow in clusters, they seem to be purposefully cultivated to be as confusingly laid out as possible. Um, Lorzach is going to activate his spores and is going to pick one of the mushrooms. Are you looking for a specific mushroom or are you just grabbing any mushroom? Is, is he aware which one is you most are familiar lethal, with most likely to you have are familiar with every single one of these mushrooms. Right, so given the the state of the body, yeah, and the symptoms of like the early onset decay, what is most consistent with those signs? Uh, she ate a poison mushroom. Hey, uh, I'm gonna say something out loud that may be wrong. Are we last crusading it? Which one is not poisonous? All right, which one isn't poisonous? Um, give me a, another nature another check. Another nature check. All right. So based on, there, we know that we have a garden that is full of poisonous mushrooms. This lady definitely ate one of them. As a um, 13. You are Golgarian, you know these. A 13 is okay. I was going to say anything above a 10. You can find in this room, it's a garden. It's a massive garden as you just take a second to hunt, to hunt, to hunt. And you're curious how many people at this party would even know because it's tricky. 
because there is a single white mushroom hidden among a, among a patch of similar white mushrooms that you know to anyone else without expert cultivation skills would not be able to notice that the ridges on the poisonous mushroom are sharp, whereas the safe mushroom has a slightly rounded frill underneath. And so you very cleverly and carefully are able to pick the one non-poisonous mushroom in the entire garden. I would not have ever gotten that right. So, good instance. I like Last Crusade. <laughs> um, yeah, Lord's Edge picks the mushroom. The best. Okay, you have a non-poisonous mushroom. And he eats it. You eat the mushroom. Give me a constitution check. Right. Ten. You're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you consume the mushroom, and then you feel something weird in your pocket. Something wasn't there a moment ago. It's kind of stabbing at your leg, and you reach inside, and you find a Golgari medallion. So we have Rakdos. No. Orzov. Uh, the, the ones that we're missing. You're missing the Rakdos, the Orzov, the Boros. That's it. And I think that's it. Yeah, no, that yeah. is it. So the You've Orz- acquired the Selesnia by demonstrating cultivation of life. You have the Simic one by navigating the waterways. You have the Gruel medallion by beating a superior opponent and making them submit. Um, you have the Golgari uh, medallion by demonstrating mastery over life and death in a cultivated fashion. You have the Izit formula, um, which gave you the medallion by solving the mathematical equation and discovering the true name of the fire mine. You have the Demir medallion by stealing from another person. And you have the Azorius medallion by denying another player of an opportunity to win. Huh. Maybe way off base, gonna lean in. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. You Orzov deal with spirits and ghosts, yeah? And contracts and obligations, yes. And money. Could there be a chance that we got to do something with this dead body? If they were a ghost, they would materialize immediately after death. Okay. So Wait, then I. Do we, either of you have a pen? Uh, yes, or, actually. Why? Okay. Um, so, uh, do we have any sort of writing stuff? Or we'll. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all a little bit there confusing. There is a study. It, it is. That you walked past. Quarter to two. Okay. Follow me. It is a study. Um,. I promise to be nice to Parix and Lorzach for at least five minutes. Signed, Dizzy. It's a contract, right? So you have delivered a contract to Parix. And Lorzach. You have to be nice to them for at least five minutes. Yep. You are under contractual obligation to your two masters. Correct. So No medallion has materialized. Because it has to be fulfilled, so it has to be within the next five minutes. In five five minutes. minutes past, no medallion has materialized. That's bullshit. 
Okay. In this study, is there a is this the this is, no we were in the library is yes. there a there's also a third floor fireplace uh in the study yeah with a fire like currently going yeah yes is there a world where burning oneself is an act of Rakdos I push Perix into the fire <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not until the contract is fulfilled <laughs> oh shit you're right you're... I I imagine you're very flammable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah. He's he, like rule wise, mechanically, he's not like vulnerable to fire. But yeah, that's a that's a nightmare. I feel like Rakdos is the hardest to quantify yeah. in terms of a single action that you can do that doesn't involve like murder or arson or ramming your tongue with a hot poker and then lighting your head on fire. It's, I mean, we should go to the third floor. We now should that we know go to the exists. third floor. Let's we know the that there are floor. guest rooms, which are worth checking out here. Yeah. But we, should, but we can also Let's get those on our way back down. on this floor. Okay, great. Clear the rooms on this floor. Is there a room we haven't been in yet? Um, I mean, there's just some guest rooms in a study. Okay, okay. great. I think I know how to do the boros. Stay behind me. I'll protect you. Did it work? Nope. So you head up to the third floor where there is both Darius Vane's master bedroom and a couple of other smaller guest rooms. But there's there's a bit of a disconnect. And you can tell that his master bedroom is quite elaborate if you would like to go in. Okay. So you head in to this magnificent master bedroom with a bed that's far too big for an individual. And as you think slightly harder with disgust on Darius Vane's life. It probably isn't often housed by only a single person, but there are furs and tapestries and elaborate vanities and curtains that are hanging off of other curtains, and it's all just sort of a bit engrossingly extravagant. But he does have this beautiful French door that opens out onto a magnificent balcony, and as you step out onto the balcony, you can notice that you have sort of a weird angle to the tallest point on the Vane Tower, and you can see at the very top of the spire is a brazier unlit. How far is it? Within from here? throwing distance. Where's that? Probably climb up there. Within good burning hands distance? How what's the range on burning hands? Fifteen feet. It is slightly more than fifteen feet. Where's that? But it is a roof that is probably climbable or throwable. I can climb. Okay. Would so I I could I can climb and I could light things. And in the world of D&D, does lightning cause fire? No. Okay. Uh, I can do this. Okay. How tall is the spire that has to be climbed? Mm, I would say it's, I don't know, maybe another 30 or 40 feet to get up there. I mean, think the top of like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, will you accept an acrobatics check? No, it has to be athletics if you're going to climb. Oh shit, I'm not doing athletics. It is not a tumbleable. <laughs> I will attempt to climb, but once we get up there, I mean, I guess I get burning hands once I get up there. Mm-hmm. I will attempt to climb. Make a climb and don't fall to your death. Yeah. Don't die. It kind of sucks. 13. Yeah, that's all right. It's, I mean, it's a slope. It's just small, but it's a slope thing. So you climb up to the top and there's a brace. Uh, I will then. Uh, the, the crystal around my neck will glow that deep, deep red, and I will put my hands around the brazier, and uh, the vibrations begin, and uh, uh, my version of 
burning hands is boiling water, but what I'm doing is pushing the water around it that's so hot that the air around it becomes Right, right. Flammable. I understand. The rules of magic allow you to, to manifest the appearance of spells however you want, but right. the effects is it still causes burning damage. Yes. So you, with concerted effort, because you're using water, you know what, audience, we're not going to get into the particulars of how water lights a fire, but it's magic, and it's a fantasy world, so DM's going to make a ruling that you managed to light this brazier. And by creating a beacon of light skyward, you reach into your pocket and you find a Boros medallion. Huh. You guys are doing great. I Wait, hold on. Everyone pause. I summon the sacred flame. <laughs> That was pretty good. Thank you. You sounded like him a lot. Yeah, it, just felt, now. it felt really good. <sighs> Climb back down, please. I give uh, it a oh, C. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't count if it's not on the table. Because it was a natural one. Just like the die falls to his death. 14. 14. Right, you're good. You make it back down, and you now have a Boris medallion. So you guys now have a Rakdos medallion and an Orzov medallion to go. Boros. Oh, oh to go. Yeah, to go. Rakdos, Orzov, left. Decidedly, these are going to be slightly convoluted to try and figure out here. Okay. So I, are people dying for the Orzov medallion or the Rakdos medallion? So here was my question, and this is a out-of-game Ned. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Perix wasn't there, but like, I'm thinking back to when we all fought the Rakdos. Right. Yes. And which oh, I right. Would, you had that other character. We had a then. character who was there. Right. Who died. Br- Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Sorry. Let let him go. Let him go. Go ahead. I'm just <laughs> sorry. What were you saying? I'm just thinking the phrase. His name was Devin. Let him keep going. <laughs> he was a nice man. Uh, I'm just thinking murder circus. Yes. It feels like we've set up that the Rakdos. Oh. Need to murder someone. See, I've been thinking this entire time that it's bloodshed that acts as the key to the vault. Oh, interesting. But we're do- There's no way yeah. that the trans guild statue thing is not the key, the to, key the to the vault. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way to get the Rakdos medallion is to murder. Is to murder someone, I think. Okay. I feel like that says a lot about the Rakdos. I, hi, Perix here. Yes. Perix is a character who feels somewhat strongly about murder. Oh, Lorzach doesn't. There's a garden here's, full of poisonous mushrooms, here's, man. Here's <laughs> Ned, if we're gonna murder someone, can it be the fucking asshole who got in my goddamn face earlier? You still need to solve the Orzov situation is the other problem, though. Okay, wait. Oh, no. Okay, wait. How about we just burn the whole place down? Okay, Yeah, I love (laughs) that answer. So, okay. the insurance money. That's very We tried writing a contract, and it didn't work. And we waited five minutes, and it still didn't work. Right? So here's my question. Do we need, like the Orzov, to contract with the spirit realm? Uh, oh, oh. We don't have a spirit. If we kill someone, we will get one. Dude. Do we get a spirit? This is a DM question. Okay. So, in the particulars of all right, let me clarify it. You're a terrible person. So, in the in the particulars of spirits, okay? 
the people who stick around as ghosts within Ravnica, there, there's a lot of extra stuff that might betray some information that you as citizens of Ravnica wouldn't know. But you know decidedly that there are kind of two instances of ghosts, and they're owned. So the Azorius have spirits that they own in servitude who are prisoners who still have sentences to fill out, or it's usually crime and prison related where death does not excuse your sentences, and so they're put on guard duty and servant duty. It's kind of the same vein with the Orzov, is that people are indebted, people are under contract, and they are not allowed to be free until they fulfill their contract. Okay, wait. <laughs> That's me again. Hello. Oh, no. So, back up to this asshole <laughs> that I don't like. He was pretty he, rude. Hear me out. Hear you me just out. Just call Bill. Great. No, I got a good friend who listens to B-E-A-U, this podcast. B A U Bill. Yeah, sure. <laughs> B A U. I'm sorry. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so let us go to that man and say we're still missing the medallion that we know you have, and we would like to because friend to friend, we figured out how to solve another medallion. It involves the both of us entering into a contract together. Let us write a contract that says we will have the swap of medallions we agreed to earlier, and it will be written in stone. And by fulfilling our end of the bargain on each side, the contract will be fulfilled, and we will each achieve a medallion plus learn the new medallion. And then, as soon as we tell him where to find the Simic medallion, we murder the shit out of him. Before he can fulfill his side of the contract. <laughs> oh my god. What I need you to do. Oh my god. Let's this Oh my god, no. you're a horrible no. person. Oh my god. What, what I need you to do <laughs> for me. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so smart. <laughs> is find me two glasses. Of whatever refreshment you would like. Oh, there's shit everywhere. Hey, it's sir. a catered party. Just, yeah, fine, fine. Just find me two. You sure? Do they need to be the same? I just looks better if they're the same. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Lord's okay, Edge okay, goes okay. to the garden and picks <laughs> oh, one, God, one the most poisonous mushroom <laughs> in the garden oh, bed. Oh, because uh, you have to oh make it. I, I go to the study and using my worldly language of the Simic, I drop a contract that says exactly that. It says myself and the person blank line, they'll have to fill in. Yes. Agreed to swap the information of the Azorius medallion and the Simic medallion. Sign Perix. So you, you're creating two contracts. So ironically, the uh, the most poisonous mushroom is called the Stone Kiss. Um, huh. So you're going to fill out contracts that each of you are going to sign promising to divulge information about how to acquire a medallion to the other person, and then you, and then your plan. I will immediately fulfill you, my. End you of the will bargain. say, "I will go first, and then your plan is to murder him before he can fulfill his end of the contract. Does yes. does, <laughs> oh does Perix have to murder him, or could I murder him? I I, I don't think, think it matters. Yeah, I mean, his I, soul is bound to mine. Yeah, I think we're just kind of piling you guys in as a group. Right. As for, at this rate, as far as medallions and stuff, so, that's fine. So, yeah. And then I think what I, I will now go seek out B-E-A-U-Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, so you guys, you guys, have you, okay, and what are you doing with the mushrooms? You're basically making a poison drink. Oh, yeah, he's gonna. So one is poison, one is not. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck this up. Okay, so you search around and sort of, you know, uh, in the study, you happen to find this couple again, randomly searching through drawers and furniture, and they are squabbling with each other. They're not having a good time. I will approach B-E-A-U, Bill. Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know why it's funny, but it's just ridiculous. J-E-A-U, Joe. (laughs) B-E-A-U, Bill. Bill. I hate Dungeons and Dragons. Every time we make like a normal sounding reality one name, just I'm just going to add an E-A-U spelling to it. Oh, uh, so I approach Bill. Yep. And I say, sir, I think we got off to the wrong foot when we started this conversation. And I have learned a little bit more about medallions. I have talked to more people who have achieved some of the medallions. And I think you and I still are in a position to help each other out. Specifically, that swamp we talked about before we can solve two medallions apiece if you and I sign this and I put down the contracts. So you read it. He picks one up and reads it. So if I sign this, we promise to divulge information about how we acquired our medallions. Yes. But I'm not giving you any one of my medallions. No, all you have to do is tell me how you got it. I'll even agree, as the contract says, per your earlier demand, to go first. And this gets us what? You will now have the knowledge of the Simic Medallion, which I already have, and the fulfillment of this contract grants us both the Orzai Medallion. Insight check. Begrudgingly, he removes a pen from the well of the desk in the study, scribbles his name B-E-A-U. Perix grimaces a little at that. As you read. I mean, you don't know what his name is. You never talked to him. It's true. It could be Bo. He says, all right, fine. How'd you get your Simic? I have to sign my side of the contract yeah. first. I take the pen. A toast, if you would, to show that there are no hard feelings. Uh, he kind of awkwardly takes the glass like, uh, thanks. I don't know who you are or what's part of this, but you I sign yours. the contract. He says, come on, spill it already. Where'd you get your medallion? You've got to go up the pipe for the waterfall. You're lying. Dead serious, swum up it. First thing we found. Waterways. What can you do? Oh, she's not going to like that. Doesn't like water. Cold feet. And so he begins to say, all right, fine. I got my Azorius medallion. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yep. And so he he begins to speak and says, all right, fine. We got our Azorius. He hasn't even checked the fact that it's not even there. He goes... Fine, we got our Azorius medallion from... As he just feels like two daggers stab up from behind into his solar plexus. Yeah, buddy. And he falls to the ground, at which point his female companion starts to scream. I slash her throat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, we're gonna so, make that, we're gonna make that choice. Wow, this uh, this party ended up in a rough spot. So you uh, before she does it, yeah. I touch her for enhanceability <laughs> just to make sure it goes through. Okay, okay, hold on. Right. So okay, so we we quickly just murdered two people. All right, hold Haven't on a second. Right I need to like. I need to. Like, no, 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 no. Like she's. It's an unarmed person. It's just like you just slash her throat. 
Uh, this is weird to say. So you, sl- I'm going to keep saying it till it makes sense. So you murder this man in one of, look, man, I've done some dirty shit in D and D, but that is the most dastardly thing I've ever had in my life. So you stab this guy in the back, and then you quickly slash this other woman's throat, and she dies. Well, she's obviously not going to keep s- and then shut the door. And they shut the door, and then within mere moments, the uh, spectral ghost of BEAU Bill manifests out, and he is not happy. Sup, Bill? What the hell? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm a ghost. He's flipping out. He's swearing. He's cussing at you guys. What did you do? Oh my god! Oh my god! My wife! Oh my god! I'll kill you! And he tries to like wring your neck or something like that, but he can't because he's a ghost. Look, Bill. Oh my god! This is so messed up. <laughs> this is the darkest I've ever gotten. You did get a raw end of the deal here, and I want to thank you because your death means we get to bring a very good person, which you were not, back to life. I don't care. <laughs> We, we should go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Uh, I checked my pockets for you, a you, medallion. So there's no medallion, but you possess a ghost. <laughs> like in a weird reversal, you own a ghost. And uh, walk... Uh, Until he wisens up and tells you how he got his medallion, but he's probably too angry to do that right it. now. We, Time to go down and check out the, yeah. Uh, yeah, go, the statue. So yeah, you is find, the ghost visible to anyone else? Yes, but you can find that you can make him do things. You can tell him to do things. Oh God, I hate that. Uh, yeah, that's this so got weird. Got <laughs> this is a weird. Is man. this go? Yeah, oh, and it's connected to me. We should have done it to Dizzy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Things have changed for Parix. Yep. Might kill himself. Um, so you currently possess nine medallions and a ghost. I say to Bill, follow us. We're going to the statue. And shut up. Good. Smart. So you guys make your way down the staircase into the area. And you notice that as you make your way down the staircase back to the main hallway, that the servants of Darius Vane are kind of shuffling in and around you. And it's almost as if they can sense what you possess. And they're beginning to block off areas of the house with these secret panels and doors that you didn't know were there that were shutting, seemingly giving you guys privacy. To the statue. Can I'm assuming all the things are lit between the three of us? All of them are. Yeah, you all. Yeah, we have join hands. Join hands. The craft style. Hands across Ravnica. Yeah. And if you can please (laughs) instruct. Now, only nine are lit. The Orzov sigil is still not glowing. Bill, would you please enter the statue? Um. So, he enters the statue, and then you just kind of hear from inside the <laughs> statue. Can I ask you a question? Sup? Am I supposed to, you want me to like press this thing? There's a thing in there? Yeah, there's like a button. Yeah, definitely do that. So you hear a strange click, and then this glowing light bifurcates the statue as this aura begins emanating and opening up, and in this almost holy magnificence this radiance billows out into the hallway opening what is clearly a portal to somewhere and through the portal you can see shelves of all sorts of things and as the portal opens you hear a slow there's the clap had to be 
God damn it. Hey, you guys did great. I you know, in fact, you. I hate to admit it, but you guys have solved the answer of the vault faster than anyone else I've ever had at my parties. And you can see Darius Vane sauntering in, and behind him, he has two servants carrying a very strange-shaped box. I'm sure you guys are probably looking for your rewards, and we will have a monetary compensation ready for you on your way out. Of the apartment or the vault? Yeah. Sorry, your guy's speed is going to make the party cancel a little bit earlier, but hey, you won. What did we win? What's the item? He's going to give you some money. Just the money? Yeah, he's just going to give you some money. Mr. Vane, yeah. this seems a very good opportunity for us, because we, amazingly separate to your party, it just so happens to be here, are looking for something very specific, and maybe you have it. What he's saying is we're going to need the money and a few more things. He, like is good enough at this that he doesn't even acknowledge your servant here at the thing. He's currently blocking our access further into the vault. So he's not actually blocking your access into the vault. Yeah. But that as all the servants were kind of blocking off the area to what you might have thought was, hey, we're getting some privacy because we're about to win, is also now clearly you guys are kind of trapped in this hallway. Sure. Although Vane seems to be like, Take some money. Hey, yeah, but I am money, sorry yeah, to say that. Yeah, well, you yeah. had a great time. I'm sorry, but unfortunately, previous winners are not allowed to come back because, hey, you'd have a little bit of advanced knowledge for things that I don't need, but it was great having you here. We're all still holding hands, right? <laughs> yeah. The important thing to acknowledge is your medallions are gone. Sure. They have dissipated, so you're not holding Do I the still medallions. own a ghost? At the moment, you still have a ghost. Okay. Um, Lord Zatch. <laughs> God, I feel so bad. Me yeah. too. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lorzach. Go ahead. Um, Lorzach takes a look at uh, Mr. Vane, and Mr. Vane feels really on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. Says, having a great time. He's kind of got a, like, Tony Bennett enjoying yourself. Hey. Great. I'm afraid we have other ideas. And runs into the vault, no. pushing his two Don't do companions it. ahead of him and casts pass without trace oh you bastard at second level we are currently <laughs> gonna just avoid a fight wait masked <laughs> Hold by on. a veil of shadows and silence and we each get plus 10 to all stealth checks for parix what is this uh you get you he, you're like covered in mist and you get plus 10 to any attempt to sneak around and do anything so if they follow and us in the vault too? Yeah. It's yes. for the it's for anybody within within that I 50, choose. Yeah. Thirty feet that within I thirty feet that he chooses for like up to an hour. Oh yeah. my what? god, I am. It's like it's everything. like the new hide in plain sight. Can we steal more? We... Yes. Yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. We're going to. And into the vault we go. And into the vault you go. I'm just gonna roll for fun. Oh look, that's a three. Plus 18 is a 21. <laughs> yeah, I need everybody. You, so, okay, so you guys are gonna run in. Are you going to immediately hide? Because these guys are not just gonna wait. They're gonna come and run in after Yeah, we're, we're sneaking our way through this vault in the yes. attempt to find a super soft. And anything else of interest while we're there. Yeah. This looks shiny. This looks shiny. <laughs> How's a 29? Seriously rare shit. 33. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys run in, and it's like the fucking Cave of Wonders in here. Like, this is some sort of weird pocket room or pocket dimension that houses shelves upon shelves 
I mean, it's like, it's like the Adams Family vault. Like, there is just an insane amount of stuff in here. And none of it is, like, gold. It's all just, like, artifacts and potions. And as you're, like, hustling through trying to find a way, there is plenty of stuff to hide behind here. Because it's not all on shelves. There are some massive carvings and statues and weird things that you could easily hide behind. And there is, like, no hesitation. Like... Darius Vane and his servants go pouring into this room trying to hide you, but you guys are managing to kind of like sneak and hide in the shadows and dip here and there. Now, uh, you rolled a 33, Lorzach. Okay, I would say that you're doing the best job of kind of navigating as you guys are working really hard to like, these guys are searching, these guys are searching, these guys are searching. And you notice, you all notice, that Darius cannot find you, but... As you sit in there longer and longer, whatever servants are within relative proximity to you are starting to sniff you out. There is currently something upon you that the servants, and not Darius, are able to sense. So they have magical means to track us. At least the servants do. Sure. Guys, it's the masks. Shed the mask. Boom. So you guys dump your masks, and then you immediately find that wherever your mask is placed, all the servants sort of congregate over to the mask, but you are able to freely move around. Now, Lorzach, as you begin trying to cipher things, I'm going to say that you have a very, very brief period of time. So you're going to hunt for a super soft as fast as you can. And I am sorry to say that you do find it. And you realize that a super soft is in fact a potion, but it's a little bit larger than you expected it to be. And I would say without being Fakara herself, it might be too heavy to lift by one person without magical means. It's also quite large. It's like a big, like, ground vase. I mean, it is like a waist-high potion that's probably, you know, so easily 50-gallon like 50 gallon. Uh, 50 gallon. That's that's a lot. I'd say maybe about like a 15, 20 gallon. Oh, okay, okay. The 50, 50 is, that's a lot. Okay. So I will say that clearly you're in a room full of probably the rarest magic items you're ever going to find. So if you would like to make some sort of mad dab grash or I'm gonna something. I'm going to do a, I guess it's an investigation to see if there's anything that I would say grab or should I just grab at random? So I'm going to say that the super everything is labeled, but it's all labeled with stuff that you don't know. Sure. Are we okay with mad dab? Mad grab. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to grab or sling over my shoulders as many things as I can before I help lift the super Okay, soft. let's alright. Oh my god, you guys are going to come back in series two with magic items and I'm not going to be ready for that. No, it means I can throw more dangerous stuff at you. Okay, would everyone please roll a sleight of hand? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, eight. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, she'll go last because it's going to be bad for me. Um, 18, assuming no bonuses from Pass Without Trace. Okay. 19, assuming no bonuses from Pass Without Trace. You guys Trace. suck. 23. God. Damn it. <laughs> wait, wait. I think I might be wrong on that. Hold on. Now that I think about it a little harder. Um... I like that this episode just became dunking on Brian. <laughs> this ended in, uh, this was just going to be like a fight. Darius was going to be a cool mage that you guys fought, some weird spells about a guy who doesn't want to die more than anything. And you guys came up with an incredibly 
You killed a dude to get his ghost, man. Like, I don't know how I'm going to rationalize that later. I don't oh, know how Parix is going to rationalize We're going to have to have later. some alignment talks here, I think. I meant to 25. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, so Lorzach and Perix. So the initial roll was established to be a 15 with increments of 5. Would you each please roll a D100 once? Sarah, would you please roll that three times? <laughs> and just write down the numbers, and I will find out what we open, and I'll go in the good book, because this is going to be some rare stuff. Uh, 85. Oh, excuse me, I need to write these numbers down. So I can remember them, because there's so many. Okay, does everybody have their rolls? Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay, so now that I'm about to unload magic items on you guys. I <laughs> bonus can go episode. last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew, what did you roll? 85. An 85. All right, we're, we're going to go off the good chart, because this guy's going to have super rare stuff, so we're not going to do, like, lame potions or anything like that. So give me a second here. 85. Oh, no. Hold on, hold on. I got to look this up. 85 I, is a staff of withering. Ahem. Pardon the interruption. Mr. Rufi Alfonso III here. I hope you party people are enjoying the program. It has come to my attention that you're about to hear about several magic items that I can only assume you know very little about. However, as a purveyor of the ancient and the unknown as I am, I thought I'd take a quick moment to give you a crash course on some of the magical items you're about to experience. First up, we have the Staff of Withering, a rather dangerous item that disguises itself as a rather harmless quarterstaff. However, upon striking a target, you may expend one of its three charges to deal an additional 2d10 necrotic damage. Rather nasty in itself, however, if the target is of a weaker constitution, well, they're going to be at a disadvantage for about the next hour or so on any skill checks involving strength or constitution. There is one drawback to this staff, however. It's only attunable by clerics, warlocks, or druids. Okay, Ned, what did you roll? 79. 79. Perix, you have acquired a shield of missile attraction. Ah, yes, a shield of missile attraction. Quite a handy defensive item, actually, in that it provides resistance from things like crossbows and bows and arrows and even stones if somebody tried to throw one at you. Um, hang on. If I'm remembering this correctly, I do believe that item is cursed. It is... A missile attraction. Therefore, arrows tend to fly towards that shield. Hmm. Okay. So depending on your new alignment, now that you're a murderer, <laughs> I would just I... give it to Eddie and not tell him about the curse and wait until all arrows just start hitting him. Technically, Perix didn't murder anyone. Oh, that's true. You did not I actually set up anybody. the circumstances by which he was murdered. She is technically correct. Okay, it's about gonna... as neutral. Okay, <laughs> about as so, neutral an answer as it can be. I am going as you have three items, mm -hmm. Dizzy. I am going to allow you to roll once from the top three magic charts, so you will acquire at least one legendary item. Okay, you can decide which of your rolls go to which chart. Okay. So rare, super rare, and legendary. 
Okay. What's uh, your first roll? First roll, we'll go 24. A 24. Okay, a 24 nets you the Boots of Speed. Boots of Speed is a rather common enchantment here in the city of Rathnica, often used by couriers trying to transport information to and fro. For a solid 10 minutes, it simply allows you to travel at twice your normal movement speed. And while that may seem rather mundane, imagine how difficult it would be to strike someone moving at that speed. <laughs> Boots of Speed are quite good, actually. That's pretty amazing. They're Wait, kind of a universally good item. You know. Yes, they are dizzies, but just like hypothetically, yes. if they were Fakaras and you paired them with her horns? That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh. It doubles your walking speed, so she would get a horn attack distance of 120 feet. You will basically turn into that Is It Cyclops giant that you guys fought in the secret lab. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Okay, the next roll is going to be what? 98. Okay, so a 98 nets you the Tome of Clear Thought. Ah, now here is an item to get a man like me excited. The Tome of Clear Thought is a wondrous item. It's full of memory and logic puzzles inscribed with magical writing and words. Anyone who has the privilege of reading this book will find their intelligence score increased and the boundaries of what they're able to comprehend will be shattered. Oh, to say I am envious is like saying merfolk like water. A complete understatement. There is one problem, though, in that once it's read, it's not usable again for over a century. Perhaps I could get one of those is-it time travelers to lend me a hand. If your intelligence is already at 20 when you use it, you can use this to go over the max and reach a 22. But hypothetically, also, if you used it at 16 to go to 18, you still have four more points. Yes. By using it, period, your max goes up. Is now 22. Ah, oh, if only that were wisdom, that'd be really great. I know. But somebody might be, you do have a wizard in your party that's also quite good. Um, okay, let's, what's the last one? We got the big roll. 84. 84? I don't think I know what 84 is. Uh, hold on, everyone. Let me consult my book. Oh, my. Oh, my word. I have absolutely no idea what this thing is. Well, I'm sorry, party people, but I've never actually encountered this item before in my life. Although it does look rather powerful, and I suspect it's going to have storyline implications for series two of Encounter Party. I need to do a bit of research, talk to some sources, consult some tomes. For now, just continue enjoying the adventure, and, and I promise, by the time Series 2 comes out, I will have sorted out exactly what this horn-shaped thing does. Uh, for now, I, I have to go to the library. Oh my god, what did I do? Bonus episode, Quest for Fakara. Okay, so you guys are in your... Uh... You guys are still in there. You've mad grabbed a couple of items and you need to get the box. We need to get the box from the servants. Now, luckily for you, the box has been set down near Darius Fane as they are off hunting for you. But you also need to acquire the super soft, which is a little bit bigger than you thought it would be. You and I get the super soft for sure. Yeah. So you have this box that you need to get. You have this sort of like Ming vase size potion that you have to get out. And I'm just going to say you can grab the magic items that you have. Both things were kind of carried in by two people. So what's your strength? Eight. <laughs> and what's your strength? Eight. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 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 
hold on. We got to the very no, end. Because <laughs> I, I have a solution. Well, the other option is don't grab the thing and Or turn into something strong enough to carry at least one thing all on his own. Holy crap, you're a druid. So I hate druids Lorzach so is going much. to expend his last use of wild shape to turn into a giant scorpion. Holy shit. Oh my god, a sluiceway scorpion. And pinch both sides of the super soft Ming vase thing. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. out of the room. No, hold on. Slowly. Wait, 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 you're holding shit. Hold on, hold on. Does it? No, This is called, doesn't this break the concept? Do I lose my plus 10 to stealth now? No, no, What? No. What? This is why this makes me pissed off. Wild shape transformation does not break concentration. I can't cast any other spells, but as but so if, but he if, is he is a scorpion, a giant scorpion right now. That is with plus ten to stealth. But it but it does it does not break any concentration spell that he had cast I, before. I can't cast anything else in wild shape. No. But any like currently, but he's probably spells. strong enough to break out of the. He's got a tail too. He can attack shit. Oh, hold on. Let <laughs> this me. This is so dumb. You let guys me, are terrible. Let me roll my stealth. Oh. That's a... 31? 31. <laughs> She's back, baby. The brand new Lucky Die. Figaro is back. Um, well, no, not yet. No, not yet. no, I actually haven't even okay. used the Lucky Die yet. Super okay. soft in between his yep. pinchers. And you guys are going to grab the box? Yeah. It's. I mean, the box is not super heavy. It just requires more than one person. So the two right. of you can do it. So you guys grab the shit and scuttle out. As they're hunting for you, this is so dumb. Okay, so you huddle out, but again, you're like blocked in on this way here, and so Andrew is scuttling with this very delicate glass item as he's scuttling out. And oh no, there's a blocked door, but you have a giant scorpion tail. You smash open the door as you guys scuttle your way out. Now, most of the servants are kind of like not around. Other people are wondering what the hell is going on. They're still looking for medallions. There are a couple more dead bodies just sort of kicking around out there. As people are trying to solve this puzzle. And out from the hallway busts this giant scorpion carrying a drink. And everybody starts freaking out as you guys take a sharp left and find your way into the elevator, which is a little bit small for a giant scorpion to squeeze into. So you all smash in there. And then have a very awkward, quiet. Doo, 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 wait, what, what was? Wait, hold on. What was? What was Zenya singing? You guys make your way. Is B E A U Bill with us? Oh, fuck. Yep. And and our pet ghost. So you guys make it down to the streets of Ravnica. <laughs> Goblin, ghost, frogman, and a scorpion. We got whatever's left of the hour. <laughs> oh my god. To Let's Frankie Peanuts. Straight to Frankie Peanuts. No Hey like, Dizzy, where are we supposed to meet? Do we go back to the to the restaurant? Yeah. Okay. We just go back there. We so you guys head back to the so you guys head back to the no-name restaurant on Tin Street, using the remainder of your hour to just sort of walk through traffic and nobody's seeing this giant. And I'm assuming you're going to have to transform back in order to. And you approach. You don't bother going through the hundred Zenos thing because I think that's a bit too much punishment at this point. But you do find the sort of chav goblin who is uh, hanging out waiting for you guys. 
and uh, he's a goblin bruv, and uh, kind of ushers you down into the <laughs> ushers you guys down into the uh, den of one Frankie Peanuts, who is excited to see you. Well, well, well. I seem to see you're still alive. Is that a fucking ghost in my den? This is Bill. You really need to let him off the hook. Also, he, yeah, like he can't really talk without permission because you still gave him a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill, say hi. Hi. Let me go, man. You have to finish the contract, bro. <laughs> what do I have to do? Please just let me go, man. How, how, did, how did you get the Azorius? Is that it? I just have to tell you how I got the medallion? Yeah. <laughs> My wife bitch slapped a lady unconscious and then suddenly it found out in her pocket. Bye, Bill. <laughs> and he, you release him and he's gone and he's like, that's it, I'm free. And then you just hear this like fading out. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> floats through the wall. You are, we, we need to have an alignment issue conversation after this. So uh, Frankie gets the box and you guys are turning over the box? Yeah. 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 That was a deal. Great. Uh, the yes. items, I'm... He doesn't know anything. He doesn't need to know anything about that. Yeah. Well, right. Oh, I was gonna. She works for him. I was gonna say that I was going to give them to you guys. Uh, uh, what? Yes, we accept. I'm assuming you're gonna do that privately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna do it in front of. Oh, Dizzy. Good to see you. Glad you made it back. All right. Hey, boss. How you yeah. doing? Everything go okay? Oh yeah, it was great. I see you got your drink. Yeah. I got my box. Yep. Fair is fair, square is square, my friends. And circles are circles. Thank you, Dizzy. You're welcome. <laughs> well. Dizzy was exceedingly helpful. You should promote her. It's not really how this works, but... Uh, yeah, thanks for the recommendation. It's been my pleasure since I didn't really have to do anything. Gentlemen, I bid you adieu. Mr. Peanuts. You guys are uh, free to leave. And leave we do. And we sort of... Huh, and waddle out. With, Bye, Dizzy. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Stop by any time you want to have some soup. It's great soup. So, Lorzaj and Perix. Laden with far more items than I probably should be allowing you to carry without hindrance. I think we're back in the same situation where you guys were carrying those bodies to Zonit 4. And the two of you are just way overestimating how much you can carry. <laughs> And you head out into the moonlit evening as 10th Street is sort of cleared out into the night. And there are bars and people spilling out. And you have kind of a long walk all the way back, perhaps not wanting to hire a carriage or get somebody else because you're carrying several legendary items. But it's going to be a trek, and it's going to be an exhaustive night for you lugging all of this shit all the way back to the 3rd District and to the penthouse of Mr. Rufir Alfonso III. And when we pick up the beginning of series two, we will be able to use our items in the Super Saw. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for joining us and this very, very special bonus episodes of Encounter Party. And we hope you really enjoyed. And hopefully, with any luck, our Minotaur will be returning to us soon. Thank you to Andrew, Ned, and Sarah for taking the time out of their Gen Con schedule to enjoy and record and help us out. And for the rest of you very soon, we're going to get this party started one more time. Thanks, guys. Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media. 
based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering created by Wizards of the Coast. Sound capture, editing, and mixing by Ned Donovan. Original sound effects by Will Malones. Theme song and scoring by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Thanks again to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Good evening. This is Lorzach Rotspeaker. You know, most people throughout history are dead. And someday, you will be too. Or will you? Find out by joining the Gulgari Swarm and find your secret to a life everlasting. Join our Facebook discussion group for all the behind-the-scenes looks at what's happening with Encounter Party. Find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. For news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. And let's keep this party going.